So after a little break, we are back and we continue. Is Katiana here or not? Yes. Is she? Are you sure? She's driving. All right. Okay. I we just want to be sure we don't want to start without you. All right. So we are going to continue with text number ninety-six. Very difficult. A self-indulgent monk has achieved nothing through his renunciation. For what he once did through possessions. He still does, though possessing nothing. Interesting, isn't mm -hmm. it? Interesting. It is like these laws are really without mercy touching our inner soul and heart, and they force us to somehow go over. Uh, or to test our intentions. Um, there is, if you remember, um, Briancino gives like some kind of good explanation that um, of this that he says that it might be. Hey, welcome. <laughs> Use explanation in that way that. We can we can be active. We can do a lot of ascetical practices. We can become even masters in some kind of ascesis. Like in this season, we can be masters in um, doing like uh, fasting, praying, and many other things. We can fulfill whole like prayer rule, like perfectly according like this this liturgy of hours, and we can do it like perfectly. And many other things. But Branchino tells us that, well, there is this danger, and he reminds us again and again this that that this danger that it can lead us to satisfaction. It, what he means through this, he says that um, if we are concentrated on ourselves, not on God. So even this can become some kind of idol in us. And we can, uh, this is what he says this about this monk, you know, that even he gave up everything, still he can be tied to own ego. Even like this renunciation of everything can become for him something when he celebrates himself. And this keeps him away from from uh, uh, from God, he celebrates himself. He he uh, he's satisfied, and Branchino um, uh, compares this person as a Pharisee, from, from which God very strong, like, um, uh, like no no no, from uh, Christ in Gospels. So this. This is something what we have to like pay attention to because it is so easy to slip to this feeling of satisfaction, and uh, 
how to avoid that? Um, these holy fathers, they teach us that, well, we have to try to fulfill commandments of gospel with all our strength. And when we are trying to do this, so then we start to realize that we are failing. Um, so this active desire to fulfill these commandments God gives us um, brings us to understanding of our limits, of our weaknesses, and we start to see them. Because if we set up some kind of ascetical practices, fasting, prayer, or whatever, so it it will come, we will come to some kind of point when we don't see that we can like make conclusion, we are doing that. I, 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 I fulfilled, uh, I did it correctly, fine, you know that, well, if you don't eat every day, whole day, so yes, for sure, there is no, there is, you cannot do more in fasting if you didn't eat whole day. You know, so it, it comes some kind of satisfaction from that. So you, you can set up its limits, but if you, if you turn to commandments and you put as a criterion for your, how you measure yourself, if, let's say, be merciful, so there will be like never you will never come to some kind of satisfaction i was merciful enough because be merciful it means to be to be similar to god and uh, as god is without end even this virtue is without end and you can grow in this virtue forever so we can when we start to to uh, test our life according to God's, God's uh, gospel's commandments, we really very fast. We will be very fast when we come to the realization that we are we are failing. We are not able to do this, and from this understanding, this compact uh, compunction in heart comes pain in heart. And actually, we realize we don't have enough strength, and in this pain of heart, and in this state of seeing of own weakness, we start to call upon God, Lord have mercy, I need your, I need Savior, I need somebody who would save me. And actually, in this, in this moment, real Christianity is born in us. Nobody, if if somebody doesn't have this, doesn't reach this, I would, is not reaching this this moment, uh, and doesn't call from understanding our own weakness upon God for help, um, is is not Christian. It's like the Pharisee and the publican, where the Pharisee, the the goal. The, the, the ascetical practice becomes the goal itself. Yeah. And and once I've achieved that, I'm there. I'm 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 satisfied. I'm there. I don't have any farther to go. And it's all my achievement. Yeah. And that's the the Pharisee and the publican, where the Pharisee says, "Hey, I do everything right." You know? Yeah. But the publican, so, we believe, realizes he's not saved. Yeah. He, he yeah. Not. Exactly. And uh, 
Look, and, and this calls us to to really start to see. It was like uh, a few meetings ago. I, I used that my experience from uh, seminary, and uh, well, when I went to seminary, it was like together for Roman Catholics and Byzantine Catholics because we didn't have. There was only one seminary, and I came there every single the time was like. Roman Catholic or liturgy, everything, it was like, I was lost, I, I really, I had no experience with that, but slowly so I start to learn, and uh, I remember it was like first week or two weeks, this old spiritual father, he gave like sermon after one mass, and um, well, there is a beginning that this expression that I'm a sinner, you know, uh, like confession in mass uh, in the beginning somewhere right. I don't I cannot I express this correctly yes and uh, so we all we, we said these words and then he said if you think that you you express your repentance through this you are wrong because half of you uh, pray almost sleeping others majority of us were sleeping during meditation and uh, you are barely able to stand during the, during mass so so be sure that it was and you said empty words and it was like at that time it was like really it like hit for me as well if you say this you have to mean that it has to come from this like like existential need for this mercy and so you cannot say these words like like uh, easily you know and uh, when we tr when we do this so it means that uh, we might be we might be uh, in this phase of satisfaction I'm doing everything correctly I'm doing but 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 it, it might be according to branch and what he says that you are not Christian if you if this calling upon Christ is not coming from this understanding of your own weakness and need for it should not be it should not be intellectual this crying out it should not be emotional it should be coming from this recognizing a reality of your life. Yeah. Questions, comments? For somebody, but well, we are going to ignore this. <laughs> Sorry about that. Let's continue. Moreover, the self-controlled man, if he clings to possessions, is a brother in spirit of this kind of monk. Because they both feel inward enjoyment, they have the same mother, though not the same father, since each has a different passion. So now he turns from monks to all people, and he says that, well, if you, even if you are trying to do these ascetical practices, but there's an inclination that towards, like, uh, 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 riches and possessions that 
you are brother of this monk he was talking about. And uh, uh, we have, and this is very powerful, like uh, passion, especially this this connection with or this desire to own things, to properties, to possessions. And and uh, I remember when I was a child, or maybe boy, uh, there was like really interesting situation. Uh, one lady died uh, in our village or township, or whatever you want to call it. And uh, everybody knew about her that she's very poor because she lived in a very like house which was like visible that well, she doesn't have money and she was dressed there and she was like she didn't have anybody uh, but she she was old but some like old people saw her as a poor lady and many were trying her and everything. So she died, and because she didn't have anybody, so some people, neighbors, they came to help her to dress and prepare for funeral. And when they were preparing house, they found under bed box with there were like several several hundred thousand crowns. So it was like, you know, if somebody um, uh, it, uh, look at the time like car, or well, we didn't have big selection of cars, it was just some, so. But well, this good car was like 40,000, so she had the, like, she could buy like 40 cars, you know, and everybody was like, what is that? Why did she live this way? And, and many, and you know that you can say, well, Maybe she wanted to live this poverty, but it's not true. She was tied with this money. The money was her treasure. She she was gathering with her treasure, and her heart was connected with that. And uh, look, this is like extreme case, but. Uh, you can find like an Evergettinos, there is one story that uh, there was a monk, everybody saw him as a saint. When he was, he got sick, so in his cell, he lived outside in solitude himself, so when he got so sick that he couldn't take care of himself, so uh, the superior of monastery asked him to bring him to monastery to take care of him. So he made like some kind of like backpack of his possessions. He brought to the monastery, and so they took care of him. And when he died, they found that in mattress he saved like like really there were like a lot of these golden coins. Mm. And uh, some monks they came to Supriya said, "What we what we found." And he said, take this and bury it with him, you know, because those money are money of passion. Mm -hmm. His heart was with this treasure. And 
there was like really that when they put it to grave, his body, as fire came from heaven and consumed money and monk. Wow. So as a sign that well, for other monks that it was a bad approach. Well, those are visible things that we can we can test ourselves in order, you know that. Uh, to uh, if we are tied to some kind of possession, if we have trust in God, or there is unhealthy, like uh, unhealthy desire to provide for a future and gather as much as possible, um, we have to always test ourselves. But sometimes we have to go even like deeper and to search what else puts like this ties to um, uh, look it is it is like for us in the world there's a necessity to have uh, possessions but uh, but we have to be careful maybe these possessions are not our slave masters that we are free from them that we are doing what, uh, that that we are really free for work on our salvation. This is this is a very important part we have to keep. And, and many times it doesn't mean that you that measure is not amount of money. You can say, well, I don't have a lot of money. I'm relatively poor. I'm fighting this to paying bills. But well, sometimes it doesn't mean an amount of money. It means how much I am tied to this, to the, to the, to if I am free or not. Sometimes very rich people can be really free, but sometimes beggars with few dollars can be so tied to these few dollars that it can become obstacle for salvation. So it is like this inner disposition, inner connection um, to this. And, and, and we have to test it always, if I am free or not. And, um, because it's so easy to, to slip to, to some kind of this tie, you know, to this... Uh, Attachment, this kind thing. I like this story about one manga. I forgot names, okay? I'm sorry, but, uh, but well, this is my biggest problem. I remember stories, not names. But he went to see his um, spiritual father. So he walked like a, long, a few hours towards him. He visited him, they talked, and then he told to his spiritual father, Oh, you have like very nice pen, you know, for writing. And especially for take it, you know. I will have another one. Take it. So he took the pen, you know, and was happy he didn't have anything. He was all pen. So he came home and before he unlocked his cell, he realized that all this journey home, his heart was with that pen. So he didn't, he just turned 
and he returned back. He came like in the middle of night to his spiritual father and he said, here is your pen, you know. <laughs> this pen took me like peace from heart, you know, so I don't need that pen. And he returned back. So it is more we are sensitive, like we are growing spiritual life and and trying to how test ourselves. More we become sensitive when something will, is trying to steal this our attention. You know that these are these are freedom and uh, and look when we are reading these texts, this one or others and. Many times it, we are forced somehow uh, to do radical steps in, uh, okay, how to cut off these attachments. But let's be very careful because, like, there is a temptation to, if you are in this mood, your enemy will start to whisper you to remove from your life even things you need, what is good for you. So if you are trying to make some kind of like big change, it means that if you are in like in mood to order like you whole, you know, and big one and to bring it home and to bring all things from house and to put it to charity, before you do this, talk to your spiritual father, you know, uh, just because not that the spiritual father would be some kind of like super wise, but just because you are going to search for advice, um, this temptation can be can be un uncovered. You know, because then uh, I did many stupid things, you know, in order to detach myself, and then I realized, well, this was stupid, you know, that because I I was depending on my wisdom, not that well. Jog my memory about a story in the 1980s down on Howard Avenue. And a lot of us in Akron know where Howard Street is. And the street that runs up through, uh, going on up to the valley through Cascade. There was a shop there, and it was a heating and cooling shop. And there was a very, I guess you'd say, well known <coughs> elderly man in the neighborhood. He was very active, big family, did a lot of charity work. And all of a sudden, in his 40s or 50s, his kids said that they would never, he would never let him come over to the house, and he would never leave the house. And this went on and went on and went on and went on for years and years and years. In his 80s or late 80s and 90s, he got Alzheimer's. So they started to take care of him, and then he eventually died. And they still couldn't figure out, you know, he died. He lived in this shop, in this run-down place, and he lived in it. When they ended up getting the lock to the upstairs door, he had a ledger on the wall going from the 70s and the 80s all the way through. Each bag, trash bag, had $100,000 in it. And he had like 50, 60 bags of $100,000 up there. But when he got Alzheimer's, he forgot about it. So who knows how long it was sitting there. So when the family went and started going through the ledgers, they were like, oh my gosh, he had all these medical bills and we had medical bills, you know, millions of dollars up there. When they went to open it up, as soon as it hit the air and they opened the door, it all disintegrated. It was so old. So all the money disintegrated. It was useless. Because it was so damp and there was no air up there. So, you know, at some point in time he got hit with greed or whatever it was. And they couldn't leave the house because he was afraid to leave the money. And he didn't trust the banks. 
So we are going to, I give you are going to do this so he has to go. Valuable lesson. Valuable spiritual lesson. No, but well, this. <laughs> yeah, it's, there are many stories like that. Mm-hmm. But it says about this power of this passion, you know, to help, to provide, to this, to provide some kind of security for this. Yeah. Let's go. Eight, Ninety-eight. Sometimes a man cuts off a passion in order to indulge himself more fully and he is praised by those unaware of his aim. He may even be unaware of it himself, and so his action is self-defeating. This is is very, (coughs) very important law or wisdom. And um, you can say that we have ability to Take away value even from these most perfect and holy things. Uh, and we can even praise ourselves because of that. Uh, what I mean is that that uh, you can find in this patristic literature that that uh, in each like time in these monastic communities, there were cases when uh, there were monks who went through very strict discipline of uh, ascases and, and uh, not because they wanted to remove or defeat their passions, but they wanted to receive praises from people around them. You know, like to, to be seen as a very holy elder who is praised by everybody, everybody goes to him to, and to, to ask for um, advice. And uh, so there, th- this was a big temptation for, for many monks, and, and many monks, they fail in this temptation. And, uh, and uh, if they didn't have good, like, spiritual father, good direction, so... Um, it happened many times. We have a lot of stories, and and look, this is something what uh, each of us is uh, exposed to this temptation. That uh, because it is somehow in, in us that we love when somebody praises us, acknowledges us. And gives that so acknowledgement that, well, you are doing well and you are trying hard, and and it is in us that it's we 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 are pleased by that, and uh, and many times we don't realize that it ruins many, even like days and months and sometimes years of our efforts to grow in virtue. Um, one of my friends, 
it was shortly after uh, we went in Slovakia through this liturgical reform in 1997 when a new translation of liturgy came uh, and uh, many, many things were changed because during communism uh, there was like even like not during communism before it started in the beginning of the 20th century there was like big pressure on Latinization that we were supposed to adapt or receive from Roman Catholic Church a lot of devotions and activities and everything. It was like pressure which was gone from Rome and then Rome changed the course and said, well, you have to return back. So you cannot make this like gymnastic with people, you know. <laughs> so it didn't go, it was not easy. And at the time we were under communists, so it was difficult to do this, but finally, Ninety-seven, we made this like big change, and with that came like uh, even fasting. Like uh, we started to be stressed that well, this is very important, and we should return back to our discipline. And um, so many people were on the fire that they wanted to to follow this ancient like uh, rule. And um, my friend, he he really because of he was on fire he told me that he really went very through very strict fast during the great fast and uh, he said well in the end of the fast he was so strict that in the end of the fast it was really visible very visible on him uh, that he's fasting because he really lost a lot of weight now the verb does that you know but he did so people were like, well, because they knew that he's like going through this, well, because he told them that, well, I'm trying to do this discipline. So they started to tell his shoulder, well, you did well, you know, it's visible that you are, uh, you are fasting, you know, very strictly everything. And he told me that he felt so good when people started to tell him these things, that he, he really, he was like, uh, he, he said that this was like so pleasant that he already started to make plans next year I will go even more strict you know more strict because he was encouraged by he wanted to have this experience from people and then he stopped and he realized actually I ruined everything through these thoughts I ruined everything what I probably was building in, through this fast in this praise from my people who I know who met me um, caused that I fall to this temptation and and I, my mind went from God from social my soul to to this desire to have this praise. So we have to we have to be. Uh, uh, this is why Christ says, "Well, if you are fasting, so." Uh, don't let people to see that you are fasting, and uh, only only your father who is in heaven should see that. So we can see that like these these details of spiritual life are very very like difficult. You have to pay attention. You have to really be vigilant because it's so easy inside to sleep to wrong ways. Christian, do you want something? Yeah.
reminds me. It reminds me of a story. I think it was Saint Anthony of the Desert, the Great Faster. There was a man in the village not too far off from where Anthony was, and this man was known as the Great Faster because he could go for like three, four weeks um, without eating. And so Saint Anthony told there, there were monks that sometimes brought him food and stuff. He said, "Bring this man to me." And he brought him, and he gave him a fasting rule. And um, so the, the great pastor, this man, went out back to the village, and within like two days he failed. He failed the fasting rule, and he was like shunned by the city for it. But then he ended up gaining a bunch of weight, stopped fasting completely. But that there was a book about it and how that man in the beginning was just fasting purely for the village's approval. Or he just wanted to be seen. Because yeah. he could go for four, five, six weeks, no eating. But as soon as St. Anthony told him, hey, do this, forgot. Couldn't do it. Just reminded me of it. Yeah, but well, it, well, it sounds good story. and But let's not be like only, I use this example of fasting but we have to be vigilant because it can be many other things many other things even like um, praying you know that uh, uh, it can be infected by the thought you know that to search praise for this is the Christ says about fasting about prayer when you are praying go to your cell close you know pray uh, and and then many other things, you know, that uh, everything what we do somehow and we expect some kind of displeasing aspect of praising, this, we have to be very careful. Very careful. And it, it look, it means it's, we can think about this as, it is very difficult, it's like, uh, am I not hypocrite if I'm hiding myself, if I'm trying to avoid that, you know? And uh, uh, I was like once, <laughs> well, there was like supper with uh, Bishop John and there were two priests, more priests, but well, two were talking. And one was giving compliment to another. And that he said, well, this is true, but well, you know, and he said, he made himself humble. And he said, it's not so true as you are saying, it's not so great. And the other said, no, I mean, this. you are you are doing a good job. And he said, no, I'm not. And they're back and forth, you know, they were doing a bishop job. <coughs> was so annoyed. And then he said, oh, well, boss, you are right, you know, stop that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... Many times we are doing even that, that we want to... The point is that for sure there is, and there is need for this acknowledgement, for this encouragement, I would say, uh, to encouragement which says, okay, you are on good path, just continue. This good decision you are making, just continue that, you know. Uh, but. This is important, but we should not, we have to, and, and 
and but we should be immune to this in this way <coughs> that we don't do it for this acknowledgement that we have to be <coughs> we have to receive this like like encouragement from the church or who talk which church talks through this this uh, this uh, my brother or sister but uh, and we should take it as encouragement to do that job we are supposed to do but if we if we know that somebody is like inclined to this temptation then we should not praise that person we have to avoid uh, to give praises if if we know that he loves that we were talking like several meetings ago about that so i let me go further i remember when i first came here and we were learning all these different early church fathers and some great mysteries and i remember your son said pulled me aside and he said when you're reading this stuff you're going to really love it you're going to learn a lot but to keep yourself humble always when someone gives you a praise or a compliment always say give glory to god glory to god and you always remember that nothing's coming from you he's giving it all to you yeah. Good. Thank Very you. good advice you gave. Yeah. I'm thinking of child care and child raising, and it's kind of this tipping point because you use positive reinforcement to get kids to do the things that they're supposed to want to do, and at some point you have to turn the corner of don't seek even my praise as a father or mother. You need to find satis partly satisfaction, but also like striving for that next thing. It's an interesting way of having to think about that. Yeah, this is quite difficult. And in like raising of children, we were talking about that yesterday in men's group. It's it's quite difficult, especially with kids and you know, this is difficult, very difficult and you you all are becoming like very soon parents, so we, we are going to experience that. That you know, like, okay, I have to keep these boundaries, these limits. And now, now I'm grandfather, so it's not easy for me because I can't spoil. Praise all the time. You know, I, it's all parents to take them. But you know, they, they, when. Like Miran said, beautiful Miran, just like during last visit probably. So he asked for soccer, you know, like. So Miran said, Dad well, said, no. Sarah said, no. And he came to me. <laughs> <laughs> he raised his eyes. Can you give me soccer? <laughs> A little tear strolls down. <laughs> What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, if your father allows that, but then I secretly gave it. <laughs> <laughs> and, but now, okay, for me it was easy. I can do this. But you will see that it's not so easy, you know, like these little ones when they raise their eyes to you and they play this cutest thing under the sun. So then, then 
try to be strict. It's you need really a lot of exercise. I asked a parent once the child was so cute. I said, "How could you ever say no to that child?" He looked at me and said, "Sometimes she makes it very easy." This <laughs> <laughs> rule. We were just what uh, a couple of us guys were just talking about kids. You know, like you're raising them as little ones, and then they're getting a little bit older, and then they're getting closer to college years. And how much do you help, and how much do you back off, and how much do you just snap? And uh, he had me read this quote on St. Gregory. Is it, is it the Dialus? Dialus? Dialus, yes. Yeah. yeah. He said, and it blew me away. I was like, oh gosh, you know, I'm probably screwing this up. He said that many children don't enter heaven when they die young because the parents failed to discipline them. Yeah. So they were spoiled. And the parents are always doting, doting, love, 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 love. And he says, listen, he goes, the demons line up at the door waiting for the moms and the dads and the children. Because parents think that their love can save their child. But it was really the discipline and the formation. And it was really like, oh, geez. You know, it made you really think about that. Well, are, you, are you harming your kids the, by the, loving them too much? Yeah, this discipline is form of love. And this is why, uh, I think it was Stefan Derekus, he says that, like formation of children starts with children's first breath, breath. yeah. That it's, it's at that time it starts, and then uh, it's very difficult if you think that okay now I am I will be like waiting until it comes the child comes to some kind of of um, uh, understanding to start this formational, you have to start like that from, from the beginning and uh, to have routine. And if you have this, so then it is easier. You don't need, you, you are not going to suffer too much if you want to really uh, implement like good, good steps, good steps. I think there was, when I was um, out with the guys at the patio, when we were working on the patio the other day, I was having a conversation with you and some of the other guys, and I don't think I worded something very well, but um, I was talking about like the reason why I like, especially this community and what we built is not because Everybody's encouraging, not praising. No, it's, and I didn't really use the word encouraging. I just stopped it at, nobody's praising each other. <laughs> um, it's not no, that you don't. No, it was fine what you said. Yeah. I, I just think, it, like, it just reminded me of it. And it reminded me again of, like, the quote, that I had said that day from Elder Pius, where we were also talking about the church and certain things that were happening within the church that maybe weren't so good. But um, Elder Pius says, if you want the church to be fixed, if you work on yourself and your neighbor works on himself, his neighbor and his neighbor and his neighbor, the church will fix itself. And that's what I see a lot at St. Basil. And 
and other places as well, but especially in the community where everybody's just encouraging because everybody's working on themselves. And it, it's a totally separate feeling. It's a, well, I didn't say feeling. It's, it's, it's totally separate from other things that I've been through, been in and seen. Because um, you can say that friend groups are encouraging. You can say that your workplace is encouraging, your coworkers, your friends. But then when it comes to salvation, it's a different kind of encouraging in a way. Maybe I'm wrong in saying that, but I don't know. It just reminded me of it, and I didn't feel like I said it the correct way. No, you said it correctly. Even today and on Saturday, you said it correctly. I would correct you. <laughs> <laughs> if there is some kind of problem, I'm so nasty. Yeah, this was... It's like mystery. I, I, I really cannot find like explanation, like even like this Saturday, talking about that, that you see all these men working somehow, everybody with different talents, skills, you know, and uh, you know that everybody is different, totally from this man, but you are right, that the, but what I, know that each of them is was is trying to grow you know like um, like that that Saturday evening many of them became for vigil they spent evening praying uh, for confession some of them they came before for confession and and you can see that this even there are so different differences among them uh, what they are doing, how they are doing their skills, different skills, everything, you can see that this connects them, like this desire to grow in spiritual life. It's, it creates some kind of this bond, and, and, and there is not, I would say there is no need too much for praising or encouragement, just to be there. You know, you, you can you can feel that. And um, so we are very blessed and thanks God it's not only about men, it is about many people in the church who started <coughs> this journey and and it is like naturally they they create this this uh, atmosphere in which um, even those who are not yet on this journey can can strive and look I now this year is amazing year um, because at first I thought that we are going to have one adult for baptism you know and I said well thanks to God you know it's great now we have like three it looks like adult people for baptism and even like some 
you would not expect that. It was like surprise. And, and then you start to talk, yes, you can see that soul is like open. I don't say that it would work immediately. Maybe it will be, you know, but 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 it it is something what and all they say that something touched them here. So you created this atmosphere and those people can feel that. And they are <coughs> gaining courage to make this step. So um, I think that it, we don't need this like extra praises, artificial. I think that this is life. Uh, gives encouragements to many, I and mean, we don't realize that. We don't realize that that how powerful it is. And even like look on. It was when it was when children they had this their own day. They were talking too much. The liturgy. A week ago. I think that they had their day, you know. Well, it was amazing. They were talking maybe disrupting, but if you realize that that they are in the church and that and just just if if you realize that all these parents, many of them, they could say, Okay, the child is cranky this morning, maybe it is a little bit sick. And because of that, it's not like a mood. They would, they could say, well, it's probably not time for the church because, well, child can be sick or not feeling well or whatever. They had, they could make this excuse. No, they they came to the church even they knew that they will be under stress because the child will be. Crying, cranky, and in bad mood, and and I appreciate this sacrifice very much of these parents because not only they are raising children well, but they are giving like huge encouragement for everybody. You see that 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 uh, they sacrifice. And this patience and this, uh, oh my, this is very powerful, very powerful. I'm very thankful for that. I am, to, I am talking to Christian and Christian left. All vice is caused by self-esteem and sensual pleasure. <coughs> you cannot overcome passion without hating them. Yeah. So next, uh, this text will be uh, St. Marcus is going to talk about three passions which make our mind blind. And in this way they uh, it be they become really big obstacle for spiritual life. And the first, uh, first thing, first passion, which uh, he mentions is self-love. He's talking about self-love. And um, self-love is, um, I would say, it's 
it carries in uh, carries all these seeds for other passions. It is it is uh, it is a passion which destroys person not only here on earth and earth life but it damages person for all eternity. Nobody who is under rule of self-love is not able to follow Christ. It's impossible. You cannot, if you have self-love, you cannot, you cannot follow Christ. It's impossible. And because you are following yourself, not Christ. Even you are, you are saying that, well, I'm Christian, I'm following Christ and everything, but actually you are doing everything to, to please yourself. To, to be pleased by your effort and to elevate yourself and everything but all kind of these passions which the self-love uh, ignites you know, in, in us. And this is why we need to be very careful. I was talking about this like how many was on, on Friday our self-love that that look, uh, this is back uh, when I was searching for some kind of text, I was searching about that, some, to find something wise about self love, and I put it to Google, you know, and uh, self love in Slovak, you know, but so it maybe in English it's different, but in Slovak, and the results were like three, four, or five pages, you know, articles which uh, self-love was elevated, recommended for some people, celebrated as a very good thing, you know, that you should have. Without self-love, you are going to destroy yourself. And then, after many of these pages of this list, finally there was only one mention of self-love, it's like sin, you know? <laughs> so, but it, for me, it was like I was almost horrified that because these results tells that how this world is saturated with this this these messages about self-love, how it is glorified, and when you start to think about like now, there are very very at least I what I notice is a very common theme in society now it is these uh, problems with dating and um, and there are problems that they, they are saying that uh, in within like several like a decade or something that that uh, many ladies will be single or not married and many men will be single or not married that, that they don't want to even to enter marriage it's a horrible situation. But when you start to think about that, behind all the things is self-love. Self-love because, and, and not self-love that I became this, start to self, to love myself by myself, but I was forced with different ideologies and thoughts and advices uh, to, to 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 come to the conclusion that self love, it's great for me. I start to follow that 
And we are all infected by that, I think. You know that we, we follow many advices which are coming out from self-love. And, and it doesn't mean that to like it's antidote or it's not that uh, we now hate ourselves, but we start to we, we have to start with hate, really hate towards uh, these pleasures which come through our senses. And uh, uh, and again, if we try to keep commandments or gospel, <coughs> we come to the point, the moment when we realize that we cannot fulfill it if we don't defeat our self-love. Keeping real, real keeping gospel commandments leads us to that. That it means that we have to conquer ourselves somehow, to destroy this love to ourselves. We have to die on the cross. You know, like this is what Christ says. He tells us that take every day your cross. Follow me means die to yourself. And and this is especially all these aspects which um, bring self-love to us. And and you have, like, many things, like, Isaac Syrian, he's, like, very tough, he says, that if you love comfortable life, you will reach nothing. You will reach nothing. You know, you will do nothing in spiritual life. That you have to be tough to yourself and and to... So it's difficult, you know, that you read Isaac, he says this, and then you are going to bed, and it's so warm, you know, and, and you are saying, well, if Isaac is looking at me now, he's like turning with his head, <laughs> why am I doing what I said, you know? <laughs> but, well, it is what it is, but we have to really... For sure, we are not living in in these conditions like those who chose this path of uh, living in solitude. And, but still, we have to keep this wisdom in mind because spiritual laws are for everybody, not only for those who in black robes. And uh, yeah, and that's it. And because. <laughs> <laughs>